0: Ingersoll's Oration at a Child's Grave. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ingersoll's Oration at a Child's Grave from the collection Lectures of Colonel Robert Greene Ingersoll. In a remote corner of the Congressional Cemetery at Washington, a small group of people with uncovered heads were ranged around a newly opened grave. They included Detective and Mrs. George O. Miller and family and friends, who had gathered to witness the burial of the former's bright little son, Harry. As the casket rested upon the trestles, there was a painful pause, broken only by the mother's sobs until the undertaker advanced toward a stout, florid-complexioned gentleman in the party, and whispered to him, the words being inaudible to the lookers-on. This gentleman was Colonel Robert G. Ingersoll, a friend of the Millers, who had attended the funeral at their request. He shook his head when the undertaker first addressed him, and then said suddenly, Does Mrs. Miller desire it? The undertaker gave an affirmative nod, Mr. Miller looked appealingly toward the distinguished orator, and then Colonel Ingersoll advanced to the side of the grave, made a motion denoting a desire for silence, and in a voice of exquisite cadence delivered one of his characteristic eulogies for the dead. The scene was intensely dramatic, a fine drizzling rain was falling, and every head was bent, and every ear turned to catch the impassioned words of eloquence and hope that fell from the lips of the famed orator. Colonel Ingersoll was unprotected by either hat or umbrella. His invocation thrilled his hearers with awe, each eye that had previously been bedimmed with tears brightening, and sobs becoming hushed. The colonel said, "'My friends, I know how vain it is to gild a grief with words, and yet I wish to take from every grave its fear.' HERE IN THIS WORLD WHERE LIFE AND DEATH ARE EQUAL KINGS, ALL SHOULD BE BRAVE ENOUGH TO MEET WHAT ALL HAVE MET. THE FUTURE HAS BEEN FILLED WITH FEAR, STAINED AND POLLUTED BY THE HEARTLESS PAST. FROM THE WONDROUS TREE OF LIFE THE BUDS AND BLOSSOMS FALL WITH RIPENED FRUIT, AND IN THE COMMON BED OF EARTH, PATRIARCHS AND BABES SLEEP SIDE BY SIDE. Why should we fear that which will come to all that is? We cannot tell. We do not know which is the greatest blessing, life or death. We cannot say that death is not good. We do not know whether the grave is the end of this life, or the door of another, or whether the night here is not somewhere else a dawn. Neither can we tell which is the more fortunate, The child dying in its mother's arms before its lips have learned to form a word, or he who journeys all the length of life's uneven road, painfully taking the last slow steps with staff and crutch. Every cradle asks us whence, and every coffin whither. The poor barbarian weeping above his dead can answer the question as intelligently and satisfactorily as the robed priest of the most authentic creed. The tearful ignorance of the one is just as consoling as the learned and unmeaning words of the other. No man, standing where the horizon of a life has touched a grave, has any right to prophesy a future filled with pain and tears it may be that death gives all there is of worth to life. If those who press and strain against our hearts could never die, perhaps that love would wither from the earth. Maybe a common faith treads from out the paths between our hearts the weeds of selfishness. And I should rather live and love where death is king than have eternal life, where love is not another life is not unless we know and love again the ones who love us here they who stand with breaking hearts around this little grave need have no fear the largest and the nobler faith in all that is and is to be tells us that death even at its worst is only perfect rest We know that through the common wants of life, the needs and duties of each hour, their grief will lessen day by day, until at last these graves will be to them a place of rest and peace, almost of joy. There is for them this consolation, the dead do not suffer. If they live again, their lives will surely be as good as ours.' we have no fear we are all children of the same mother and the same fate awaits us all we too have our religion and it is this help for the living hope for the dead end of ingersoll's oration at a child's grave ingersoll at his brother's grave a most exquisite yet one of the most sad and mournful sermons The funeral of Honorable Eben C. Ingersoll, brother of Colonel Robert G. Ingersoll of Illinois, took place at his residence in Washington, D.C., June 2, 1879. The ceremonies were extremely simple, consisting merely of viewing the remains by relatives and friends, and a funeral oration by Colonel Robert G. Ingersoll, brother of the deceased a large number of distinguished gentlemen were present including secretary sherman assistant secretary hawley senators blaine voorhees paddock allison logan hon thomas henderson governor pound hon william m morrison general jeffries general williams colonel james fishback and others the pallbearers were senators blaine voorhees david davis paddock and allison colonel ward h lamone hon jeremiah wilson of indiana and hon thomas a boyd of illinois soon after mr ingersoll began to read his eloquent characterization of the dead his eyes filled with tears he tried to hide them behind his eyeglasses, but he could not do it and finally he bowed his head upon the dead man's coffin in uncontrollable grief it was after some delay and the greatest efforts of self-mastery that Colonel Ingersoll was able to finish reading his address, which was as follows: My friends, I am going to do that which the dead often promised he would do for me. The loved and loving brother, husband, father, friend, died where manhood's morning almost touches noon and while the shadows still were falling toward the west he had not passed on life's highway the stone that marks the highest point but being weary for a moment he lay down by the wayside and using his burden for a pillow fell into that dreamless sleep that kisses down his eyelids still while yet in love with life and raptured with the world He passed to silence and pathetic dust. Yet, after all, it may be best, Just in the happiest, sunniest hour of all, the voyage, While eager winds are kissing every sail To dash against the unseen rock, And in an instant hear the billows roar over a sunken ship. For whether in mid-sea or among the breakers of the farther shore, A WRECK MUST MARK AT LAST THE END OF EACH AND ALL, AND EVERY LIFE, NO MATTER IF ITS EVERY HOUR IS RICH WITH LOVE, AND EVERY MOMENT JEWELLED WITH A JOY, WILL AT ITS CLOSE BECOME A TRAGEDY, AS SAD AND DEEP AND DARK, AS CAN BE WOVEN OF THE WARP AND WOOF OF MYSTERY AND DEATH. THIS BRAVE AND TENDER MAN IN EVERY STORM OF LIFE WAS OAK AND ROCK, BUT IN THE SUNSHINE HE WAS VINE AND FLOWER, HE WAS THE FRIEND OF ALL HEROIC SOULS, HE CLIMBED THE HEIGHTS AND LEFT ALL SUPERSTITIONS FAR BELOW, WHILE ON HIS forehead FELL THE GOLDEN DAWNING OF A GRANDER DAY, HE LOVED THE BEAUTIFUL, AND WAS WITH COLOR, FORM, AND MUSIC TOUCHED TO TEARS, HE SIDED WITH THE WEAK, AND WITH A WILLING HAND GAVE ALMS. With loyal heart and with the purest hand he faithful discharged all public trusts. He was a worshipper of liberty, and a friend of the oppressed. A thousand times I have heard him quote the words, For justice all place a temple, and all season summer. He believed that happiness was the only good— REASON THE ONLY TORCH, JUSTICE THE ONLY WORSHIPPER, HUMANITY THE ONLY RELIGION, AND LOVE THE PRIEST. HE ADDED TO THE sum OF HUMAN JOY, AND WERE EVERY ONE FOR WHOM HE DID SOME LOVING SERVICE TO BRING A BLOSSOM TO HIS GRAVE, HE WOULD SLEEP TONIGHT BENEATH A WILDERNESS OF FLOWERS life is a narrow veil between the cold and barren peaks of two eternities we strive in vain to look beyond the heights we cry aloud and the only answer is the echo of our wailing cry from the voiceless lips of the unreplying dead there comes no word but in the night of death hope sees a star AND LISTENING LOVE CAN HEAR THE rustle OF A WING, HE WHO SLEEPS HERE WHEN DYING, MISTAKING THE APPROACH OF DEATH FOR THE RETURN OF HEALTH, WHISPERED WITH HIS LATEST BREATH, I AM BETTER NOW. LET US BELIEVE, IN SPITE OF DOUBTS AND DOGMAS AND TEARS AND FEARS, THAT THESE DEAR WORDS ARE TRUE. Of all the countless dead. And now to you who have been chosen From among the many men he loved To do the last sad office for the dead, We give his sacred dust. Speech cannot contain our love. There was, there is, No gentler, stronger, manlier man. End of Ingersoll at His Brother's Grave. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Two Orations at the Graveside From the book Lectures of Colonel Robert Green Ingersoll Read for you by Ted DeLorme in Fort Mill, South Carolina During June 2007